Been a few hours, but it felt like days. Only been days, but it felt like months. Only gone for a year, only moved like once. Life moves fast when you know what you want. I guess I'm doing what I want. Hope you know what you want. What do you want? I don't know. My new bitch look like Halle Berry. Look like Halle Berry. Look like Halle Berry. But she don't love me, she too scary. My old bitch fuck like Jackie Brown. What it is, what it do, what's poppin'? It's Marquise Q back in the building. Yo, 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 what's good in the hood? It's your boy Raider Rashawn. We back. And it's your boy Easy ERP to the OG. Glad to be back in this. And this is another installment. Eric likes to call it a rendition. It really doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> <laughs> With another episode of Broken Records. And on this very, very special episode, second episode, first guest, you know, we had to do it off right. We got Mo Money. No problem. What's good, y'all? What's good? Uh huh. <laughs> you know the vibes. <laughs> Mo, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Oh. Well, I have been tuned in to Way of the Eight since the very beginning. Um, not too long ago, they asked me to be a part of the family, and so I'm super excited about that. And I'm really mm-hmm. just looking forward to see all the things that we have coming for you guys because. It's about to get real. It's about to get crazy. So be out, be on the lookout for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this goes this goes deeper than just the brand. You've been a long term friend of ours. You fought with you the long way. With us the long way. So this this goes beyond what the business side or what they have on paper. This is actual like relationship. This is actual um, camaraderie. So. Before we get this kicked off, we just have to let you know and let the people know that you fought with you the long way. You're not just a fan, not just, you know, um, a guest. You're part of the family, like you said. And we're happy to have you on this broken record and happy to have your support and loyalty, you know, through this journey with us. Oh, I love y'all. So happy to be here. And I'm <laughs> thankful for y'all being such great friends to me, like you said, for such a long time. So it just makes it that much more special. Blessings, and on this, who who wants to who wants to tell the people what we what we talking about today? Yeah, I'll do Go it. ahead, Eric. Yeah, let them know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the neighborhood, we are back with a classic. Our man came and dropped off his EP, "Fuck the World," and had the whole world shook. Then he came back and took us to his own dystopia, mm-hmm. his own place and time, and shared with us a piece of his mind. Ladies and gentlemen of the neighborhood, I present to you guys. The broken record of Wasteland by Brett Fias. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta, we gotta. Everybody, pull out what you got in the cup. I don't think Sean got nothing, but you can, you know, I can put. I ain't gonna say what it is, but put that to the on um, camera. We're gonna talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Brent Fias, Wasteland. You know, his, it was a one of the few R&B albums that dropped this year. It's not too many R&B albums that dropped, but his kind of one that stood out, you know, as one of the most. Um, Morgan, what was what was your initial reaction when when he dropped this on um, when he dropped this album? Well, 
I don't know. I was just like, okay. So I feel like we're finally getting some more, which I feel like people were waiting on for a while. And so I was excited to listen to it because I had really just started getting into Brent for real, for real around that time. So I was like, well, this is giving me new material to work with. So I'm excited. And he did not disappoint. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> did not. What you think about it, Sean? Well, you know, as a avid Brent listener, you know, I like you know, like me and you here, you know, we've been tapping into Brent for a little minute. Q, you too. I ain't, I ain't trying to say. It. I ain't trying to say. You. You I was on the late. I was on the late. Though. You know how I go. Yeah. <laughs> but you was, t- but you was still tapped in at a at a at a good time. To you know what I'm saying. You still tapped in at a solid right. time. But uh, I don't know, bro. I low-key feel that he waited a little too long before he dropped Wasteland because he dropped Fuck the World in February of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, we had a few singles. We had, had what, Wasting Time, uh, Dead Man Walking. Uh, so we had a, we had, yeah, we had a few. So we had a few, like, singles to chew on or whatnot. But I kind of felt like he took a little minute. But once I actually listened to the project, I was like, okay. I can see that he actually tried to make a real complete project. Like to this date, right now, like even though this is only his what technically his sophomore project, this is his best body of work. Like we just started the broken record, but I can say that confidently. Like this is definitely his best body of work. Yeah, I was just thinking that I feel like I recognize this was a serious album. Like once I saw that there were skits on there, we're gonna dive into you know the actual content of the body of work later. But um, just seeing the amount of tracks that it had with the limited features that they had, this you can tell he really put a lot into this. And to circle back with all the uh, singles that he dropped prior to the album, you've got to remember we had Gravity. That was the link up he had with uh, Ty, the creator, and DJ Dahi. And for those who don't know, I'll just do a little research. DJ Dahi got his hands on so many hit songs. Like, uh, Ty, the creator. Talk about it. Griselda. Like, he's, he's definitely been tapped in. And if I'm not mistaken, no, okay. So aside from DJ Dahi, like, it's just uh, the Neptune, for example. He was able to link up and get that track off. Like, you just see a lot of things manifesting in Brent's project, his body of work, that you don't see in a lot of R&B artists that are trying to get in this lane. So for him to distinguish himself just from an outside-looking air perspective at his uh, track list, I was very impressed. Morgan, when did you start listening to Brent? Because you say you started, <clears throat> like, really tapping into him recently. Like, when did you actually, like, consider yourself a Brent Fias fan? So when he dropped Fuck the World, I listened to it. I was like, damn. Okay. You got my attention. So I listened to it and I was playing it and I was playing it. But then, like Sean said, like, he just kind of disappeared. So then once he started talking more about, well, once he started, like, dropping previews about his album, I was like, okay, so now I got to prep myself. You know how it be. When you find out somebody about to drop an album or say like a sequel to a movie's coming out, you gotta go watch the original. So I started going back to listen and I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. get myself in a mindset, yep. And then when right. he dropped it, I was just like, he all right with me. He all right. <laughs> he all right with me. <laughs> That's good. So really just like this year, yeah. Yeah. When I said that, I really wasn't like tapped in the Brent. When I get everybody else was like Eric and Sean when I say that I really didn't know like he was a part of, like the whole Saunders like you know uh, music group so when people say right. like 
you didn't you didn't know he was on Sonder? I said, Who the hell is Sonder? I was like, That's the music video. <laughs> <laughs> he said, All right, all right. <laughs> and that's your truth. I was like, that, 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 something like that. Like, who the hell is Sonder? Like, who is this person y'all talking about? But as I started like going back and listening to him, I was like, damn, this nigga really do be on like that singing, like rapping type shit. And I feel like the world was kind of missing that because I feel like Drake was holding the throne for a while. Then we had Raw Wave that was kind of on the same lane. But I feel like Brent is almost doing it his own way because I feel like Brent himself is like is is an aesthetic. I feel like people are kind of dressing like him. Like niggas are growing their hair out. Me, mm-hmm. I'm niggas. I feel like you know, it's like <laughs> I didn't say I got to be a Brent fan, a Brent Fias fan until fuck the world obviously because fuck the world was probably air you call this a, a classic you know like that's one of the first things you said when we got on the broken record and i was going to challenge you on that to see if like it's already like deemed as a classic uh yeah well as, as soon as i spoke it it became but um <laughs> no nah, i just i thought we all got a <laughs> the hold it had on everybody yeah definitely like it, it was i think everybody was listening to it people that didn't even know brent like more great though we used to didn't even know brent but I, you don't know how many people were kind of tapped into that aesthetic and given it was 2020 at the time with all everybody was pushing out music i thought that was a top tier project and it still got the replay value to this day for sure for sure let's talk about the album then um what are some uh above me is rashawn uh rashawn what is like some of your favorite songs off the album if you had to say uh I'm not, I just want to say this. We we didn't get to this yet, but the uh the first skit, Villa's theme, the intro. Like when I first listened to this project, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, why did you put this as the first song?" <laughs> you know, I was like, "I can't even lie." Right. I was like, "I got to be honest." Like, cause it was like people talking in the background, and so I'm like, "What's going on?" Like, I don't, I didn't really understand the the movie yet until I finished the project. So I would say like definitely spot on, like not even the intro because it's, it's technically the intro, but it's a, it's a skit. Like, uh, it's one of the skits, like you were saying, but it's just a good intro skit. It like, it, it kind of like set the, the tone for the whole project almost. And even when the skits came like later down the line, it was like, Oh, okay. We like, we're about to finish up the story or about to finish up where we was at with it or whatever. So I definitely feel like that started off the the project the right way. I, I definitely got to say that. But uh, a few songs I like. I like All Mine, of course. Uh, Ghetto Gatsby. Uh, Addictions. Rolling Stone. Jackie Brown. Like, it's, a, it's, it's a few. It's, it's definitely a few. Uh, yeah. Those are those are the few I probably could, would, would say right now. That was some of my favorites for sure. What about you, Eric? For myself, man, I would say we kind of got the same thing going on. But if I had to pick a solid three that really stand out to me, gotta roll with Jackie Brown. Um, I feel as if mm-hmm. what you're talking about has been one of the, like the ones I got to repeat a lot. And role models, I would say in preparation for this, I've been playing role models like crazy. Ooh. I like that. That's solid. I'm glad you said fuck you talking about, bro, because a lot of niggas sleep on fuck you talking about. <laughs> Both of them boys are talking their shit that song. Well, I didn't want to say that one. Like, I feel like a lot of people fuck with that song like on the project. And I, I definitely fuck with the song, but I definitely feel like it gets overshadowed sometimes. I don't know. To me, I feel like a lot of people fuck with that song. What y'all think? I think so, too. It's one of the nicer, deeper cuts on that one. I feel like people do, but it's not one of the more talked about songs. 
Like, I feel like this is one of those albums where, like, if somebody asks you what your favorite song is, if you're not careful, you might start listening to all the songs. <laughs> you feel me? Yes. That's, so, like, yes. that's how I feel. I feel like exactly. there isn't a favorite song on there. But a crowd favorite, I don't know if that's how people perceive it, but I like that song, too. I definitely do. What are your, uh, some of your favorites on there? Well, that one, uh, let's see. Jackie Brown, All Mine, of course. Uh, I also like Rolling Stone. I'm going to stop there because I really could keep going, but those are <laughs> those stand out to me. <laughs> Even like the single. Like, I didn't want to be that person to name the singles, but those two. Come on. Dead <laughs> Man Walking, bro, that is a per- right. wasting time. Those are, per- bro. Those songs are crazy. Wasted time? Let's be real. Bro. Drake gave one of his best like feature verses on Wasting Time. I'm I'm a I'm a stand by that. <laughs> That's a tough one. I don't know. He definitely he definitely did it a solid. He didn't he didn't mess around. I can say that for sure. I feel like we haven't had that side of like rapping, like straight up rapping, like no like funny stuff, no like really like saying nothing catchy. I'm just talking about like rapping. We haven't had that side of rapping Drake since if you're reading this too late or if you want to go back further than that, nothing was the same, Drake. Like, he was actually, like, spitting, like, some heavy stuff on Wasting Time. Mm. He like to give little tidbits of it here and there, but he don't be doing it like that no yeah, more, for real. Don't. Don't. Until her loss. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let y'all head out with <laughs> hey, Okay. Man, for <laughs> sure. <Come on> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Loose change. Come on. I gotta add that one to my list. Loose change. Loose change. Loose change hard. Yeah. Loose change. Yes. I feel like most of the songs that we named are like the general consistency. All mine. Jackie Brown, of course. I don't know. I'm gonna say one that I don't think I heard yet. Gravity with uh. You mentioned it, Eric. Is like as far as like one of the um mm-hmm. like songs that you know the word like before like singles. But I remember when Gravity first like dropped. Like it was just like one of those songs. Like, damn, I would never think that Tyler Creator and Brent Fiaz would like ever like make a song together. But like hearing it actually right. makes sense because he, yeah, he was on Tyler's album too. Like he had a song going with Tyler, I believe, on um "Call Me If You Get Lost." Wait. They definitely was working together for a little minute. But overall, I think that the songs, I feel like there's more like because I feel like in the album, how many songs is it? Nineteen songs. That's a good amount of songs for an album, but that's a cool right. skits though. I think like those songs. I think there's more good songs than bad songs. I haven't heard like a whole lot of misses. I think all the songs are like decent, but I feel like there's certain songs that people are just gonna go back to. Like, I don't think you have to listen to the whole album from beginning to end to like you know like fuck with it. I feel like the songs are placed in a certain way, or like the songs are like catching up to like you just have to like listen to a certain amount of song and you'll fall back in love with the album. And then next thing you know, you're listening to the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. I was just gonna say that, like the perk of listening to this album, it's it's like a whole story that Sean said, but like there, you just can't help like once you start the beginning to finish it because it's a it's a concise story, and I feel like that's one of the cooler aspects of this album is the conceptual aspect. You don't really see a lot of that, and for him to pull it off in the way he did, I was a huge fan. Did y'all like the skits? Like, how'd y'all feel about them? I, you know, asked some people about their opinions on them. Some people, I heard more people say they didn't like the skits. So, like, how do y'all feel about what? the skits? Really? Yeah, a lot of people didn't fuck with so the skits. What did they not they like said, about the skits? They say it was too like dramatic. They said that the skits, like, like you, like I'm glad somebody mentioned the word movie because they felt like they were like watching a movie, listening to this album. They like had a beginning, a middle, like drama, a plot, 
And then the ending was like, you know, obviously him getting in, you know, the car accident. I'm pretty sure everybody knows it's not a spoiler. But at the end, he got in that car accident trying to save his baby mama because he's about to jump off a bridge. So they felt like it was very, uh, it was a very theatrical, like, the skits were theatrical. I guess they didn't, they didn't like the aspect of it, which I don't understand why they wouldn't like that. I don't understand that either. I feel like that's just part of our culture. Yeah. <laughs> and that goes all the way back to Michael Jackson and Thriller. Like, what do you, what do you not like? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And now I didn't necessarily relate to it, but I feel like it's something that people go through to some extent all the time. So it just made it that much more relatable. Like people had baby mama issues all the time, like just relationship issues in general. So I just felt like that just added that relatability to the the whole album. Cause I mean, when we think about it, everybody, people relate to his music, even though people talk about how toxic it is, but it's relatable music and everybody can find something that they dealt with in his music. So when I heard this, I was like, I'm not going through that, but I know somebody is. So it made me want to just listen even more because what are you, it's just an experience. So, I don't know. I'm glad you said that, Mo, because I honestly feel like Brent and Brent in the future really been like the two, like the toxic kings, you could say, like whatever. So, I feel like he really was just given like the real perspective, like of him living that lifestyle. Like, you can live that lifestyle, you can be toxic, you can do all the other stuff, but like at some point, reality gonna hit. And I feel like that's what makes people fuck with the album that much more because it's. It's reality, like, even though that's probably, like, was far-fetched or made it very dramatic, I feel like it really made the album stick that much more. I really, I, I felt like he was really trying to make it feel like an experience listening to the album, not just, like, listening to it for just to, to say you fuck with it and say he said some toxic shit. And he even mentioned how people say that he's toxic. I can't remember what song it was, but in the very beginning, he even said it, like, in one of the songs. He knows, but... He was a Villainstein. Yep, exactly, yeah. And to dive a little deeper with Villainstein, uh, the background vocals that you're hearing in there, that's him talking with Georgia Smith, and they're talking about the perception of him and being toxic and everything like that. And I just kind of dive into the lyrics, but like you said, Sean, if you're not really looking at the lyrics, you just sound like a whole bunch of like words just here going past your mm-hmm. ears. So in listening to it, uh, he just talked about, and I'm not saying I can you know, justify it, I'm just telling you his words. But he said toxicity um, is an escape for him. He calls it a temporary euphoria. And in doing so, he engaged in romantic relationships only for the social advantage. And he ended that entire uh, spoken word verse by saying, what purposes do your vices serve in your life? And I feel like that was just an interesting question to prose out there because, you know, we all have our vices, but like, what are we doing it for? And I feel like that's one of the themes that we saw Brent kind of explore on this album, just the way his life has one evolved since Saunderson to now just, you know, becoming this public figure and bearing that responsibility. And you even see that trickle down into his own romantic relationships that he has. Um, he references someone wanting him to stay down or hold him down, but he's, he's, he's becoming his, a whole different person now. And uh, it's just interesting to see him handle that and, you know, kind of address how he views himself in that toxic limelight. Or he said that, um, I was watching, um, Million dollars worth of game interview with you know him and Gilly and oh uh, the other dude. <clears throat> and if you haven't watched it, please go watch it. It's a very funny interview. I laughed my ass off. But in the interview, he was talking about how like the label of being toxic, like you know, just pretty much like got like fell on him. And he says he's gonna understand like the stuff he's saying could be considered toxic. But he says that 
it's kind of like a made up word that people just started using like gaslighting. Like when I was growing up, we never, I know I didn't, I never heard the word gaslighting, but now you're labeling people. Talk about it. Yeah. So like he says that the word toxic is kind of like a made up, you know, man-made construct that, you know, people just say because it's more so popular to say it's not really because they know the definition of it. It's just that, that, you know, it's more so like if I, if I see anything that may be close to being toxic or anything that I don't like, like, I'm labeled as toxic. It doesn't mean that it's right or if it's you know actually being toxic. But that interview was pretty good. So if you want to get a deeper dive into Brent Fayette, I know he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. I think he did one with Angela Yee. He did one where he was like yeah. pain. I can't remember that one either off the top of my head. But Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. Dude's an interesting dude. I think they were like painting like naked people or something like that um, during the interview. They definitely were. They definitely were. <laughs> All right. But going into a little bit more about the album, um, what were some things, uh, I know Eric usually asks this, but like, what were some things y'all didn't like about the album um, other than something I mentioned about the skits? Like, is there anything that y'all didn't like about the album or wish that he would have done differently? Not all at once, please. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything I would suggest him doing differently. However, I guess my only negative or that I can say about the album is probably the last song, Angel. It's not that I have enough against it, but I feel like it's a... It's an interesting way to start a song. You gotta get through that after just hearing uh, the wake up call. I don't know. It's, it's kind of <laughs> jarring a little bit to me when I hear it. I don't know. So, but when I listen to it, it's like not bad. It's like a it does it serves the purpose purpose of the outro. But obviously, that'd be my only knock on the project. Yeah, I don't know if there's uh, nothing I really dislike about that. I really, really like. I look he. I low key feel like this is a really complete project. Uh, I kind of feel what Eric's saying with like the uh, the last song, the outro. That could have he could have rounded it out a little bit better with that. Like I, I really don't know the <laughs> he meant where he was going with that, but uh, <laughs> no cap. But um, yeah, that's really the only. I don't really think I have no dislikes with the project. Really, really. Like I wish he would have uh, sung a little more on. On some songs, but you know what I'm saying. I, I really feel like we got a lot of a little bit of. I don't want to say rapping Brent, but we got a little bit of rapping Brent on this project. I don't know if anybody really caught it or not, but just a just a little bit. What y'all think? What you think, Mo? I would have to agree. Like, like you said, it's a very complete project. Like, can't even say that it wasn't really long enough. It was a whole hour long, and you know, a lot of times when you're listening to stuff. If it starts to feel like it's dragging on, it's like, okay, like, when is this going to be over? But I didn't feel like that at all. Mm-hmm. It's very solid. Oh. Um, I think the features, they did what they had to do. Um, yeah, so I don't really have any negative feedback. I mean, and who am I to give negative feedback to him? But, you know, I have nothing to say. <laughs> he did that. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the features had did what they needed to do. Did you enjoy that Alicia Keys feature? On Ghetto Gatsby? I feel like Miss Leashy Leash. Uh, I feel like I thought it was interesting. I didn't hate it. I don't want to say that it could have done it without, but I feel like he he had his reasons as to why he chose her and why he decided to keep the song. So I just tried to look at it in that light and just appreciate it from that standpoint, which I was able to do. I don't I don't hate it. I really don't. But I did question it at first. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Mo. Do you think someone else 
should have sung that part instead of Alicia Keys? Did you picture another R&B singer? Maybe like he went to them and they couldn't do it, or what? What's I don't your take? Know. Because you know she had she her voice is just very low and raspy. I think the way she sounded on it, like I don't know that I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that I feel like should have done that over her. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it was just I think maybe just her feature in general. I just questioned it. I was just like, yeah. okay, but okay, okay, right. we can go with it. <laughs> she wasn't even singing though. She was rapping. Like she was exactly. really rapping. Like she wasn't even. Like, she definitely was. She definitely, she definitely was. was. That's what I'm saying. Like she wasn't really doing what she usually does. So at that point, it's just yeah. like, okay, this is this yeah. is different. Okay, I'm gonna just it was, that. It was random. That's what it was. <laughs> I thought she was doing spoken but, word for. I said the beat cut off. She started like rapping to like a man. I said she doing spoken word right now. <laughs> I thought she was reading a poem. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is the time of the episode that we're gonna play a little game, do a little trivia. Don't like you don't know because you definitely know what's about to happen. <laughs> so. The question is really directed towards Mo, but I mean, this, this can be like a round table kind of thing. I'm not going to answer because I'm not going to read them off. But <laughs> what do y'all think, according to Spotify, what song do y'all think is the lead single off of Wasteland, according to Stream? Like, what do you basically, what do you think is the most streamed song off Wasteland, if you had to guess? Let Mo go first. Well, I'm trying to take into consideration the fact that the singles were released before. That's the biggest hint yourself that's the biggest if outside the singles i would definitely have to say all mine but if we're including the singles i would no, the singles say... included. you have to include the singles. okay i honestly feel like it's gonna be gravity okay okay john here y'all have any guesses or y'all just gonna pass this, uh, y'all just gonna pass on this one <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel like naturally most of us would probably think wasting time like of course but yeah, you probably got to put you probably got to put gravity up there too. So, but I w- I would say wasting time if I had to bet money, probably. See, and I was about to change mine to wasting time, but since you said it, I'm gonna keep gravity. <laughs> Definitely. Well, neither one of those are correct. <laughs> it's, oh. a, it's, it's the oldest song, so it, the song. So you was right more. You was like going down the right path as far as the singles, but there was one song. Dead Man Walking. Yeah, Dead Man Walking is the is the one where it has the most stream because it was the first Valid, single. Valid. Yeah, it had four hundred forty million streams. Sheesh, <laughs> it's a heavy right. hitter. A heavy hitter. We got to think about. It. We had that song for a little minute though. Like we had that song like two years before the album dropped. For sure, that song was out months before Gravity. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm. Didn't he just yeah. drop it randomly at one time? Was it random? He dropped on his birthday. Yeah. All right. Next, next question. We're going to like performance on the chart. So think about you know um, the Billboard 100 or Billboard 200. I'm sorry. What oh. what peak position do you think the album reached? Like the highest it got on the charts. Like as far as albums, what what do you think its peak position was on the Billboard 200? Uh, I don't remember it going number one. Yeah, I'll say two. For sure. I know it didn't go number one. But which is crazy. It, it was up there though. 
on the Billboard 200? Billboard 200, it, it had to go number two. I don't know. That's hard because when I think about Brent, I think about a lot of people listen to him, but mm-hmm. he is he like a worldwide super, like superstar? Like, Do people all over the world listen to Brent? And so when you say Billboard 200, that's not something you just make your way up just like strolling through the park. You feel me? So that's not <laughs> Nice. Well, is this the U.S. Billboard too? <laughs> yeah, U.S. Billboard. Yeah, U.S. Billboard. Okay, okay, but still, okay, that makes a difference. But that's mm-hmm. funny though, because I feel like Brent is definitely like a, a walking down the street type. Of, like he makes music for niggas walking down the street, so that's interesting that you said that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I would believe that, but like, okay, yeah, no, that's facts. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, okay, if we're talking U.S. two hundred, I think. So I definitely say like top five. I say, five. I'll say three. I don't even want to say four. I'm gonna say four. <laughs> it's actually two. It's two. Oh, okay. Good job, y'all. <laughs> That's really crazy, though, when you think about it, though. Yeah. Like, you gotta think about who beat him. You know. One. Yeah. Who dropped who around the same time as uh, Brent? I'm not sure. I feel like. It was a Caucasian artist, maybe. Because they, they, they always be, you know, they're, they're the ones that beat us. Jeez. So this is kind of like the same realm. Um, It's not the Billboard 100, but it's the, like, R&B version of the Billboard. What uh peak position did they receive on the R&B, like, just streaming R&B albums? What, posi- what peak position did they have on the Billboard R&B side? I said one. I said one. Gotta be. <laughs> it was one. It was one. It's definitely number one on R&B and hey, for how long? That's the real question. <laughs> I don't know that one. I don't know. It definitely was on there as soon as it dropped. So the, debate, the, the B number one, the debut was kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Last question. I'm not going to bombard. I only had four <laughs> questions to ask. How many songs? So we're talking about the Billboard Hot 100. So the 200 was just for albums, but the 100 is for singles. How many songs mm-hmm. uh, appear just mm-hmm. like just they just they were just on there, like they were at least in the 100. How many songs on Wasteland appeared on the hot Billboard 100? If you had to guess, so 19 songs in total, including the skits. So just guess, like out of 19 songs, how many of those songs were actually on the Billboard Hot 100? I'm gonna say, I really want to say everything but skits. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say like 13. 13. Before so you said the skits too. Oh, I, I, love I, said, I, say I, I don't know. Well, it's at any time. Yeah, any time, at any time. So you know, you can get on and then you get dropped off, but at one point it was on there. So okay, I would probably yeah, they, say they don't have to be there on the same time. So like, you know, what I'm saying like maybe it was a time period where like some were on there and others weren't, but the fact that it was on there is what's included in the count. I'm gonna change right. my answer to that in like nine, I think. Okay, I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say sixteen. So all the songs except for the skits appeared on the Hot Billboard 100 because three skits. <laughs> I was thinking too, but once you said, I I, it might be. I, I don't know. Okay, so we got six. Morgan, how many you said? Nine. Nine, and Sean, you said sixteen. <laughs> 16, 16, baby. Top heavy, Brent. 
It's actually seven, so Eric was the closest one. Yay! Jeez. Jeez. That's tough. <laughs> and the songs, and this it's all right here. I ain't making this up. It's all documented. <laughs> the songs were All Mine, Loose Change, Price of Fame, Rolling Stone, Ghetto Gatsby, Heal Your Heart, Interlude, and Fuck You Talking About. Okay. I didn't have loose change into your heart in my list. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. Loose change hard though, like niggas follow loose change. Right. I didn't know it was street like on billboards or streaming or anything like that. Yeah. Not like streaming, but it was charting. Hey man. I'll make rules. <laughs> hey, kudos to Brent, man. Yeah. But mm-hmm. thanks for playing Hughes trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 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 hey, before we get too deep in this, let's play some bills first. Let's show some love first. Um, this broken record is sponsored by a homeboy, a uh, long-term friend, uh, Ty, who's a CEO slash president slash founder of his brand, Rails Revenge. Ty, what's good with you? What's up? What's up? Outside of, you know, you being the CEO and founder of your brand, Rails Revenge, you know, we kind of go way back to the days at USC. Um, always been a solid guy. Always show love. Um, but talking about your brand now, um, well, first I want to thank you for sponsoring this, uh, broken record. Um, you were one of the first people I thought about when I thought to like, you know, who should we, uh, sponsor, who should we get to sponsor this broken record by? So trying to get back into it. And like I said, your name was one of the first people, uh, that came up to mind because you've just been solid, you know, outside of, you know, being a good businessman, you also been a good friend, a good brother. So just letting people know what you got, let people know like what you um, got brewing. Um, just give us a breakdown. Well, let me ask a question first. What is Rails Revenge? Uh, so Rails Revenge is basically a brand. Um, uh, I started maybe two and a half years ago. Um, just something that's really streetwear now. The the origin from it is from uh, the passing of my, my brother. So it's basically like living through me. So that's why it's called Rails Revenge. So, um, yeah, I mainly my main focus right now is really just streetwear. Uh, I do like accessories, uh, of course, t-shirts, shorts, everything in between that. Like, I try to really uh, anything you think of, I try to make it basically. What's up? So, how what's like the process been like so far? Like, what's been like the best part about it? Um, thus far, like creating this brand. Um, uh, really getting reaction from the customers, like uh. All everybody that buy my clothes is not people that I personally know. So like, um, it's good when you got people that you know they supporting, but it feel like it's even better when you have people that you don't know supporting because it's like you don't owe me anything. And you really just like the item. So it's good when somebody uh wearing it, they use this like as the best fit. Like say if somebody going to homecoming, they going out, they going on a date, and they wearing my clothes. I mean, you really cherish it, or you really like it. So, I mean, that feels good, especially as a brand. Because, like, everything I put into it was, like, it really, like, come into fruition. That's solid. Yeah. I can't begin to fathom, like, what it takes to, like, start a brand off and sustain it and maintain it. So, if you had to say, uh, what's your favorite piece that you uh, dropped so far? Like, if you had to pick, like, a particular piece that, you know, you've been doing so far, like, what's been your favorite piece? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> i say maybe... Uh, I say it's between like a couple of my fittings and maybe the Hank Aaron tee. Like I really like that, but really, um, 
I know it's gonna sound real cliche, just like with any maybe artist and like uh the unreleased stuff is really like I'm really like excited about because I'm really trying to branch out, do some new stuff, like uh new fittings, hoodies, all that. So like that's what I'm really more excited now, like stuff that y'all maybe haven't seen. That's why I'm really like, oh, this is my favorite piece right now. And really with favorite pieces, like it's it changes almost every um every time I uh creating a new item. Because after I get done making a after I sold the item, it already came out. It's I ain't gonna say it's kinda old to me because usually I had the design maybe a good while before it hits the public. So by the time it does hit the public, it's kinda like old to me. Just similar to like an artist when they drop a song, they don't listen to that a thousand times. But when you hearing it, it's your first time. Um, so they may look at it as like, mm, it's not really nothing to me. So it's kind of the same thing for me. I'm glad you made up that uh, comparison, that analogy, because I was definitely going to like say that if you didn't say it. Like, I feel like, you know, as an artist, um, I would imagine that, you know, hearing a song play so many times, you probably get like old of it or like you probably get tired of it. But you might fall in love with it again, like once you start hearing or seeing that people like actually fuck with it. So I can definitely tell that you like a, a people person, like you try to cater to, you know, the reactions and try to like adhere to like your customers or whatnot. So um, I think you really take a lot into like your brand and like you really try to personalize it to, you know, fit the needs. And I remember when you first dropped, I don't know, see, I don't know now if it's what you consider your first drop, but I remember the first one that I purchased was the one with the black uh, T and the Grim Reaper, and it had like the red letters on it. Um, I don't know if you remember exactly what the name was. You probably do. I don't know why I'm saying you probably don't remember, but you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I remember that T. Like, um, it's crazy you bringing that up. It was like that's really like the early early phases of me like creating the brand. So it's like, yeah, like bringing you even bringing that T up, it bring like a lot of memories of just like where I was in that place and just like. Cause at then at that time I felt like damn like I cannot explain it like my feet was still like getting wet like my feet still getting wet at this point but it's just like I I've been doing it for a while but even at that time it was just like I wouldn't say it was nerve wracking but it's just like damn like right, I'm dropping this tea right, let me see how I do because I dropped one before that it did pretty well so it's like once you do well with the first tea. It's like damn, people waiting like, what's next? So that was like the the next step. That fire was like the second uh, start I dropped. So it was really, it was just good to see a lot of people fuck with that one too. So, for sure. Well, Ty, I appreciate you um, sharing your vision, your brand, um, this platform, Way to Eight Music Corner. What we're about, we try to highlight you know people that we've been rocking with um, first and foremost. But then uh, we try to highlight you know stuff that's going on in the state of South Carolina. And, you know, that's two birds and one stone. We're having you sponsor this episode and just having you um, have a relationship with you like, all together. So um, I really appreciate you for taking the time. And we're definitely going to be anticipating your next release, your next drop. And then we're going to have like a separate episode where we're going to talk about more in depth with what you have. And hopefully it'll be around the time that you release again so we can start promoting that. But uh, again, thank you, my boy. And, you know, can't wait for what you got um, in store for the future. Yeah, appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate this interview. I appreciate the sponsorship, everything. Uh, like you said, we've been uh, locked in for a little minute. So, man, it's all love in my hand with y'all. Yes, sir. That was fun. We'll ask for the prize later. Yeah. I guess you would. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you enjoy that, Morgan? Right, I'm trying to implement something new. I really did. Know.
<laughs> like you said, you said it, but I had to just, I still didn't really know what to expect, but I like those questions. It really made me think because that's something like when you're listening to it, like, okay, you're not really thinking about that stuff. So when you really sit down and think about it, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I know how I was listening to it and I know other people were listening to it, but how are they listening to it? You feel me? Yeah. Oh, it made me have to think. Sheesh. Breaking it down. <laughs> you know me. I have to table that one for for another BR, maybe bring it back. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a question for Mo though. Um, just overall, just listening to Brent Fias with when you came in and then hearing this project as a woman, what is your perspective on Brent Fias? See, I feel like my opinion is going to be different than most people. Well, I feel like women are more open to like the behaviors of men because they. They doing it themselves. Like everybody's, I feel like the world's just become every man for themselves. So I don't feel like women's opinions would be that much different. But if I had to really think about it, I don't know. Like he just be getting on there talking about experience. Like I said, and we all have our own experiences, and we've all been through things that we would have never guessed we would have been through. Would have never wanted to see ourselves go through. So I can appreciate the fact that he's getting on here and talking about it. I'll put it that way. Respect. Well, I just want to say that when we initially were like talking about this BR, I said we have to get, you know, a woman to be on this because three niggas talking about Brent Fiaz's Wasteland album is not probably going to go over well. So Y'all needed this. <laughs> Thank you, both. Y'all needed it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I definitely agree with Morgan. I feel like everybody's kind of like on their own right now. And I feel like music, music, that being transparent, I think now instead of like the shit that we know what's going on, but like all like the stuff that, you know, I feel like there's two different sides of hip. I feel like there's stuff that people go through and the stuff that we just hear about, like the gang life, like stuff that we actually don't know about, but we can like hear it through people's music. I feel like that's the other side of the, you know, the world or like the other side of us that, you know, we are curious about, but we actually exactly don't know. I feel like Brent's talking about, um, I think most said like he's really making relatable music right now. Like if, even if you're not going through that, you know, currently right now, either you've been through it at some point or you're probably going to go through it and probably gonna hit a little bit different for you. Like when you actually like go in that situation, be like, damn, this nigga talking about something that I'm actually going through. So I feel like he's bringing back the transparency, the re- relatability of music. And I think that's why a lot of people fuck with it, you know, like you said, baby mama drama, um, being labeled as toxic, uh, you know, living the lifestyle he's living, you know, even though, like you say, you can't relate to it, maybe, you know, somebody that's relating to it or whatever. So I think the transparency in his music is really what's going to like, I feel like that's going to like make him have longevity because, you know, he's in a whole aesthetic per se. And I'll just say this, life has a funny way of showing you some things. Like you, people say, it can never be me. Life will show you that it can definitely and will be you. And so, I don't know, that's just another aspect of it. Like, you listen to his music like, dang, like, this this thing really be going through it, but it literally could be you at any time. It might have been you in the past. Mm-hmm. That, that definitely will give him some longevity. I agree with that because people 20 years from now are going to be going through the same things. Years ago. So, you know, they're definitely gonna be worse, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, the way these, you know, these days, hell racist. Hell racist. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hot take, though. I got a hot take. 
Lord. Which album is better? Wasteland or Anniversary? My Bryson Tiller. Wasteland Easy. Wasteland Easy? Sorry. I ain't gonna lie, man. If you would have asked me, if you would have asked me Wasteland or a goddamn, I don't know, like a trap soul, that probably would have down, like, made me think a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I was I was about to say that Wasteland... You were comparing sophomore projects, right? Yeah. Right, 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 right. Wasteland <laughs> is definitely better than Anniversary. We talk about trap soul. Is we get a, okay, we can... We, is Wasteland better than True to Self? Let me look at True to Self real quick. True to Self got some classics. Nah, I think True to Self got some better. classics. True to Self is better than Wasteland, in my opinion. I ain't gonna scout. Absolutely. Yeah. True to Self is better than Wasteland. Oh, it might be, oh, bro. Oh, I'm not gonna oh, lie. Wow. I'm not gonna lie. True to Self got some hits. I just don't feel get like. Too high, smoke. Don't get too high. Come on. Come I just on feel now. like. He's... I'm gonna play this when we get off. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got some ones. I'm telling you, bro. You see this shit right here? Yo. Right I know here. it. Bro. I know it. <laughs> True to self is better than waste. That might be a, that might be a question we not. You might have to open that we one. Gotta to the page. Yeah. For sure. For sure. We're gonna have to open that one up for the people. For sure. Yeah, we got to read them. Read them off real quick. Bro, you got goddamn rain on me. Rain on me. friends. Uh-huh. Don't get too high. Blowing smoke. We both know you got it in check, self-made. I don't even got to run through the rest of them. Like, those just, are ones. Oh, my God. Self-made, in oh my check, God. blowing smoke. Don't get too high. You can just stop oh. right there. Money problems, Ben's truck. Like, come on, dog. Set it off, bro. He killing it with set it off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that. We can't even go. We can't even go. Yeah, we got to pose that question to the people, for sure. <laughs> now, that we have to. We have to. But... I feel like the qu- the time has come to answer this question. Which one is better, Fuck the World or Wasteland? Like comparing his two projects, Fuck the World or uh, Wasteland? I wish I could cop out. I would this say, too. yeah, um, that's a tough one. I would say, in terms of Fuck the World, Fuck the Ro- World just kind of seemed like a collection of good songs, all but like a playlist of good songs, really, really. And Wasteland just kind of seemed like an actual structured. Complete project. Sean, so, you know what that reminds me of? What? The conversation we had about Summer Walker. You remember that? We said the same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. But you got to think about it, though. Like, once an artist, like, because that first project be like, that'd be some hits. You got to think about it. Like, you can go back to any artist. Like, you think of Cole, Kendrick, Drake. That first project, they be, they be putting a lot out there. But the next project, they really got time. They done made so much music. They they get they get time to really like make a story or make a complete you know what I'm saying a project they want to have so I would say fuck the world has better songs probably but I really you really would probably have to say that wasteland is better though it's more music it's you know what I'm saying it's an experience and I feel like fuck the world is kind of just a collection of good songs but if I had to choose one like if I had to live with only one of them. I'm picking fuck the world. So definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm looking at the so song. Don't make me choose. Now. I'm just like 
Yeah. <laughs> no cap. Y'all remember how many people were playing Clouded? You couldn't get away from Everybody me. Everybody was playing. <laughs> Come on. Even fuck the world. Been away. I know what. Man, listen. Come on. Chill out. Chill Dude, out. Chill out. Lost kids get money. Let's let's get into it. I didn't even get the microphone. I can just send the whole album to y'all right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Such a great project, bro. We, we, we got some history behind Lost Kids Get Money. <laughs> hey, come on. Archive files there. <laughs> Talk about it. Did you know he freestyled that song? Like, he was actually freestyling on that song? Really? I'm surprised. It sounds like a freestyle. Bro. But we, like, it like it sounds like a song that he made, but he's literally like, I never heard a nigga freestyle by singing. Like, you know how hard that got to be to freestyle while singing? Yeah. You're just saying shit. Hey. I do it. I, Q, I do it all the time. There's one thing he is. <laughs> Sean. I don't got a lot of shots. Bro, what's funny is, niggas really don't know what y'all can say for real. Like, I think it's like a rumor. Be playing. <laughs> but niggas really don't be like, Sean, you can't say. Sean be like, shit. I heard it. I mean, I haven't heard it, but I, I believe it. I believe it. Never. I can carry a tool a little bit. That's all he be telling people. He don't, he don't confirm it or deny. He'll be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Believe me. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. If y'all had, we already answered the hard questions. We already did the quiz. I think it's time for the ratings. Mm-hmm. I can go first since I already, you know, I've been asking y'all a majority of the questions. I've been like, you know, kind of directing it away from me. So if I had to rate this album, I'm, y'all have to do it like me, so I'm doing it out of 10. Y'all can do it by 5, by 3, whatever y'all want to do. But for me, if I had to rate it out of 10, I don't care. It, it's a 9. It's a 9 out of 10. Just because of it was some it was some steep competition among 2022. So you had mm-hmm. other albums that dropped. You had Beyonce, Kendrick, Giveon, um, mm-hmm. like the various artists that dropped. And I feel like since you know we're still talking about his album, and for him to be the artist he is, you gotta think about it. Brent, he hasn't like toured like like heavily. Like a lot of niggas don't know him, like you know, like physically. Like niggas don't have actually like seen him in person. You know, that's how most niggas get their money by our touring, by selling merch or whatnot. So the fact that he's still like he peaked at number two on the you know Billboard 200, he peaked at number one on R- independent too. Yeah, in, but he's independent. So I feel like when you gotta like take all that in consideration when we talk about like like artistry. Like just doing it all yourself, like getting out of the mud and making a project and still t- staying true to yourself. I have to take all that into consideration and still like be consistent. I think, like I said, this is for me. Like, I'm not speaking for y'all, I'm speaking for me. It's got to be a nine out of 10. It's a nine out of 10 for me. Like, or like, it's about as perfect as a project you can get with all like the flaws. I feel like the features weren't all that good. Um, Alicia Keys was decent, but I felt like she was going to do something else on it. Um, mm-hmm. She kind of like how I feel about Fox on Roddy Rich's um, Live Life Too Fast. Like, I recognize the name. I appreciate that they were on there, but they didn't do exactly what I expected them to do. But Morgan said earlier, like, I was able to appreciate it for what it was and not for what I wanted it to be. Like, it's just, it's different when you look at music for what it is than having high expectations or having different expectations for it and not living up to that. But mm-hmm. taking for what it is, um, the songs, All Mine, Jackie Brown, uh, Price of Fame. We didn't mention that one. Price of Fame is a good ass song with that uh um transition and whatnot, like the change of beat. And I don't know, man. I just think that and Sean said it too, like it's like a 
just like a whole a collective piece. Like it's better to fuck the world as far as like being a cohesive project, and it gives us like a whole theatrical feel behind it, like a storyline, um, you know, a plot and what all, and it all ties in together. So it's a nine out of ten for me. So next, um, boys, if you're about the gate, you and I are not that far apart, man. I was gonna say a nine out of ten myself. Uh, with my knock that I mentioned earlier being just that angel song. But other than that, I don't know what more I could ask for. I could be greedy and ask for as far as with what he delivered. You know, I don't think there's anything else I can expect out of this project. Um, and I think just in hindsight too, you know, the average drink that I am. Uh, the hindsight I have behind wasting time now and with her loss coming out, like it just it's funny how much Brent and Drake are similar in the same path. I'm gonna just leave it at that. But those boys are both walking in the same steps. Some big steps right there. But for Wasteland, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Solid. What you think, Mo? Uh Sean do. Sean directed the other people. <laughs> I knew he was gonna do it. That's why I was just waiting. <laughs> but, I'm trying to see what I guess think. That's all it is. I <laughs> see, I was thinking like letter grades. Do what you want to do. I'm just telling you what I did. Even if I wanted to get, see, like, okay, I'm thinking like A plus to like S. If I had to give it something, I would really give it like an A. Like, I don't want to say A plus because I don't feel like it was perfect. I feel like nothing's perfect. But I really, like, don't know what I would have wanted differently or there wasn't really anything that I didn't like. And as an artist, I respect him. So automatically, when he's putting something out, I'm going to be like, I'm going to take it, like I said earlier, take it for what it is and try to see it from his perspective, putting it out. But honestly, like, mm-hmm. I listen to these songs. When I think about the project as a whole, I would give it an A. But if I had to do the number scale, I guess an A would translate to, like, a nine-ish. A nine-ish. I wouldn't give a list for a nine though for sure. Dang, that's that's interesting that all of y'all ratings were lower than mine. <laughs> <laughs> but God. But wow. I think kind of like what I said earlier, there's nothing really that there's nothing really that I can really be like, yeah, I dislike this about the project. So it's really hard for me to just give it a nine. I feel like most of the times when I gave it nines in the past, like I had a specific reason or like why I didn't like it or whatever. So this project probably got to be a 9.5, like in my opinion. But the specific songs he had, I know some of the features didn't perform like they were supposed to, but I feel like for the most part, like out of all the songs and how long it was and the skits and everything, like, and what we were saying, independent, I kind of see why he took this long. Like we was talking about that earlier. Like he did take a little minute, but I kind of see why he took so long because he was working on this whole shit. So yeah, I probably would give it a nine point five. I can't even give it a ten because this doesn't feel like Brett Fiaz. Like this doesn't feel like his best work that he got. Like it feels like his best project so far. Like cohesiveness, but I don't think we have heard the best Brett Fiaz. I would say so. That's the only reason I won't give it like a ten because. He probably got some unreleased tracks right now that's better than everything on Wasteland. So he definitely it. has potential to get better. Only sure. better. Like I don't see how he really get better from this, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like at one point, at some point, you know, he's gonna have to like talk about something different. Like I know he doesn't really agree with a toxic label, but that's that's just how it's hard to go. Like that's what people label that. 
So I feel like in order for him to like get to another pinnacle, I feel like he's gonna have to like talk about something different. Be not he doesn't have to like he can do whatever he want. But I feel like in order for him to like you know like get people's attention still like be consistent, I feel like he's gonna have to talk about something different. I feel like he's gonna have to drop something that people don't fuck with initially, but then as like listen to as the time goes by, they're gonna like say okay this actually was a good project. Because right now, bro, with Fuck the World, with Wasteland, well, you know, Saunderson and all that, I really don't know where else he can take it from here. Like, I think he's really given us his best work thus far. Not saying he can't do better, but I feel like we've seen the peakness of Bryson Tiller right now. Am I not Bryson Tiller, I'm sorry, Brett Fayez right now. I I, I definitely feel why you say like I, yeah. I feel why, I feel why you say that, but in terms of like uh like if you go back and listen to like some of his old projects with Saunderson and all that, like in terms of like his vocal control, the way he's singing, like you know what I'm saying, the certain runs that he he hitting right now, he wasn't hitting a few years ago. So in terms of like music sonically, like how his like how he how he's making songs and he's making music, like he's gotten better. Like you can listen to his old music and listen to his new music now, like. like this might be his best like album, like in terms of like just singing, singing, and you know what I'm saying, like. So that's why I feel like he we ain't got the best Brent Fires. I feel like once he put all of that together, the toxicness with the yeah, he he's just singing. He he's singing different now. Like the way he's singing on this project, it makes it sound like we could just go hear him live right now, and he gonna sound just like that. Yes, like, you can t- yes. tell he got better. No, it's just that I was gonna touch on that. Like this this album, if we were to like have this in a concert this is like an intimate setting like no more than 70 mm-hmm. people we had a jazz lounge in the brent fires everybody got a drink and everybody's vibing i feel like that's exactly the vibe this would be as far as a performance or if you were to go on tour um that's what i was mm-hmm. and i feel like i don't want to keep comparing him to drake but like you said earlier they're like on the same path i feel like drake we just hear more and see more from him so I feel like if you wanted something different from Brent or were feeling like you would need something different for him to stay on the same level, I feel like he just has to go through more in life. Like he has to have those mm-hmm. pinnacle moments like Drake. We may not see them, but he has to go through that stuff to be able to get different content from him. Because right now he is just out here living his life and I feel like nobody can tell him what to do, persuade him to do anything differently. Like, so I feel like at at this time that's what his life is. So that's what we're getting from him. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just he was just gonna have to experience some more stuff. Hopefully good because he sound like he'd be dealing with a lot of bullshit. <laughs> I don't think he's it gonna be able like to put out as much content as Drake. Like I can get what y'all are saying yeah. by saying like he on the same path as Drake, but I just don't think kind of what like what Q was saying like. I don't think he got enough content like as much as Drake got. Like, so yeah. I feel like we probably well, go more so. Well, I think it's more so that they are both stepping in the same step. I don't think. Uh, I think because I think that's where the two differ. Uh, Brent Fire is mm-hmm. more incognito, and Drake he wants that. He wants you to know who he is. He wants you to know that so, we're blocking Drake. Where Brent Fire is, he wants to creep around the corner. And I I feel like they're both the same. Two different sides of the same coin. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> With all that being said, I think. What Brent's like, what his strength is also his weakness. And I say that to say, like, you know, Brent's independent. You know, he don't like to work with a lot of people. Like, he's very selective. 
but I feel that could also be his weakness because I can I think about that when I think of J. Cole because it was one point where J. Cole was like, no, nah, I'm not working with nobody. Like, I want to, you know, just do my own thing. Like, I know I can rap. I know I can produce. I'm just going to do it all by myself. But then J. Cole had a realization. He was like, do I really want to go through my whole career, look back on it, and said I ain't work with nobody? And that's when we started to realize uh, or see that young, that uh, J. Cole was, like, working with Benny the Butcher. He's working with Young Thug. Started working with, like, different artists mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I feel like Brent Fire is at a point where, like, he's independent, but how independent can you be until it's, like, harmful to, like, your career? Like, do you really want to go throughout your whole career and say you ain't work with nobody, like, that's notable? Like, he's doing it right now. Like, he got a song with Drake. He got a song with Tyler Creator. But, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's all you need. said on – yeah, that's all you really need. Like he, he's 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 working with some heavy hitters. You know what I'm saying? But I yeah. feel like he got to do. He got to do other people's project too. Like we, he's got people on his project. Yeah. But like how many how contributing like getting his name out there to other people. That's really how you get your name out there by like doing features, by like doing like you know different stuff and whatnot. He did it for Tyler, but have you ever heard Brent Fiaz mm-hmm. or have you heard of Brent Fiaz on somebody else's song? You know what I'm saying? But do you so, think he cares think, about getting his name out there? Because I feel like everything he does has purpose. And I feel like everything he does to him is meaningful. Like, I feel like he's not just going to jump on anybody's song. And he's not just going to ask anybody to be on his song. So, I really just feel like Mm -hmm. he is moving in his own way right now. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know that. I think he enjoys, like, the rock star lifestyle. But I don't think he necessarily wants to be this huge public figure either. I don't know. That's just my perception of it, though. Mm -hmm. I think he said that, so I think you're right when you say that. Cause I think he did say that. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I might know him a little bit. <laughs> Jeez, I remember when they said Brent Fires was in Blythewood. I said, "What the hell is Brent Fires doing in Blythewood?" I remember that. When was Wait, that? It was it was the show you off video. He was definitely in South Carolina, like 100. <laughs> I remember people saying, "Bro, he did Charlotte all the time." Definitely. Like we talked about his album, we about to reach the hour mark. We reached past it a little bit. Um, if all mm-hmm. hearts and minds are here, again, Morgan, Anthony, you know, for joining us, being part of the family, fucking with us, and you know, sharing your opinions, your thoughts about an album that we fuck with, but we see that you fuck with it, you know, just as much, you know, by your rating. So we just want to thank you again for joining us, giving us your time on your, you know, busy schedule because we know you could be doing other things like working out, you know, doing whatever you got to do. But thank you for having us. Well, thank you for being a part and, you know, just want to give our constant gratitude towards you and can't wait to continue to work with you in the future. So glad that y'all asked me to be on this. I'm really just thankful for the time to spend with y'all. But, of course, good time with y'all as always and being able to discuss music, especially because y'all have such elaborate opinions on music so it's just good thing. i just love to hear what y'all think honestly so that was the best part of it for me so thank y'all for having me too many more too many more it's cute signing out i'm your boy ready Rashawn. y'all be easy it's your boy easy er piece of the og make sure you guys like comment subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to run it up run it up we'll catch y'all on the next one